This is Down the Hall Podcast with your hosts, Chet Jobert. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer Garden. Beer Garden was pretty spot <laughs> that was on. pretty good. No, he definitely got that. Well, welcome back to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. Uh, I'm Chet, here with Rodney and Lyndon, of course. Every week, we help you take back movie night by giving you a movie recommendation of the week. And uh, the most fun that I have with this podcast is not with you blokes, uh, but actually with uh, with the listeners, the interaction we get with, with those guys and gals. And I got to give a special shout out to uh, one listener in particular, uh, Ivy. Mm-hmm who has popped up on the show quite a bit recently with uh, her movie recommendations and with her thinking that Rodney's the funny one, but then sometimes thinking Chet's the funny one. and then Again, it, your words. I mean, it, it, sure, but <laughs> sure. I, I trust that you all had a, a, a fine, safe holiday, New Year's. Uh, but one of the highlights of my weekend was uh, a picture message that I received um, that only regular listeners of the show would understand the context of. Ivy seems to be on some sort of a vacation somewhere right now. And uh, located a picture of, or took a picture of a pub that that described itself as being a beer garden. Yeah, but not no, but it was actually beer garden. Oh. It was the it wasn't b i e r g a r t e n. Yeah, it I was. Know, yeah, yeah. It was. It was a. Uh, it was like beer garden. Yeah, it was more Utah. I don't think there's southern accent, but it's more of a straightforward American accent. And additionally, she uh, she dropped. Uh, I guess you know, as she's your coworker. She she provided a gift for you, which you said was not for me. But here I am eating these uh, fine chocolates that yeah, she. Yeah, I she brought gave. I brought this so that way we could act like people are sending the show gifts, yeah. even though it really has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> I'll um, tell you, this is delicious. That there are these caramels wow. that genuinely are incredible. Lyndon, how was your holiday? Good, thank you. Lovely, lovely family time. But with uh, Ivy's uh, quest for um, a beer garden, does that mean I'm her new favorite now? Oh. If you were a chat, you would think so. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fair. Okay, good. I'll take it. Well, guys, Ivy is uh, is one of our faithful listeners, and it's uh, a lot of fun having her. And uh, to all of our listeners, we attempt to help them take back movie night because the average person wastes 115 hours every year. Just looking for a movie to watch, if you could believe that. So we ask ourselves each week, if we had an extra 115 hours, as we're hoping to give back to our listeners, what would you guys do? Lyndon, tonight I'm going to ask you, what would you do with that extra time? So I have a plan now for this extra 115 hours I've got. So it's the first week of the new year, and in exactly 18 weeks' time, we have the one of the most anticipated films of the year coming out, which is the culmination of the marvel cinematic universe uh, avengers infinity war so it just so happens in those 18 weeks there are 18 marvel cinematic universe films so that is one film a week we can watch to build up and build that excitement to avengers i know rodney's very excited about it oh boy is it one film a week we can watch can we (laughs) are we really so lucky yeah i know how lucky are we so first week we will be starting with that where it all began with Robert Downey Jr.'s first performance as Iron Man. And we'll be posting on every week on Facebook and we'll let you know weekly what we think about each film. 
What I love is last week, Rodney said that it would be a slice of hell if he had to watch all of the Avengers movies back to back to back. And this week, he's jumped on board with this plan of Lyndon's. <laughs> so irony well, at its finest. Well, it sounds like we were roped into what we we're going to do as a show. And now, obviously, I'm a team player and I'm going to go along with it. Well, I, I, I thought this was Rodney's plan. You know what's great is I think, Lyndon, I think Rodney is perfectly primed to actually be pleasantly surprised by uh, the MCU. He's ready to yeah. hate it. He's got his slant magazine mentality mm. locked and loaded. I, so I think we get these, a weekly yeah. one-sentence review of the film from Rodney. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. A right. weekly one-sentence review. Can you do a one-sentence review of anything? Or a one-sentence <laughs> anything? Can I? Oh, probably not. Well, I could do, if, if you made it be like a haiku. <laughs> it was a yes or no question. You currently already failed that. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> a haiku, maybe. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. So, the movie of the night, the movie of the week, is called My Life as a Zucchini. And I will say, before we get into anything, that this was one that I had heard about, and just the title alone turned me off to it. But I press play, and obviously here we are tonight. So mm-hmm. clearly, something good happened after I press play. Uh, it came out, uh, depending on where you see it, either came out last year or this year. I think it came out towards the uh, the very end of 2016, early 2017. Um, it's only an hour and 10 minutes long, and it's available to you on Netflix. It is rated PG-13. It's an animated movie, actually more like stop motion, um, and it's a comedy drama. Uh, again, some of the things that maybe made me want to uh, move past it might have been the animation, just yeah. thinking it was probably a kid's movie. Not that I have anything against kid's movies, mm-hmm. um, but this one is, I think, far from a kid's movie. It's definitely very adult mm-hmm. in its themes. Um, the There are two versions of this, and I'm glad that we both, all three of us, have watched different versions. Rodney and I watched the French version with the English subtitles. And Lyndon, you said that you had the English version more available to you. Yeah, but I've watched both now. Okay. And so uh, the the French version did not have any actors that I think any one of us would have known. But the English version, I believe, had Nick Offerman, a.k.a. Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, as one of the voices, as well as Ellen Page, a.k.a. Juno. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our faded stars from a recent episode of ours. And directed by Claude Barras. So I'm going to turn things over to Rodney to tell us uh, what this movie is all about, because Rodney was especially uh, appreciative of it. Yeah, I mean, it was a. I thought it was a great movie. I similarly was pretty skeptical for the things that you had listed, but it was an hour and ten minutes, so it made the the idea of you know reading the subtitles as I went through the movie a little bit more appealing. And I definitely want to encourage everyone to just give it a chance. Don't let that deter you. Because right away, I think the story kind of hooks you in. It's basically the story of a of a kid who ends up in a uh, a foster home, and the the animation of the movie is incredibly beautiful. Um, but also the story, the the way that everything is acted, um, I think will rope you in right away. And again, there's there's probably plenty that um uh, that would be a spoiler that I don't want to you know ruin. But basically, it's a really emotional movie. But at the same time, I think there is a really good camaraderie of kids, uh, you know, like the, the the camaraderie that they all have with each other and the people running the foster home genuinely love all of the kids. Again, it's a really beautiful movie. That's another thing that uh, to me was incredibly appealing. It's not this movie that's kind of overwhelmingly sad. There's just a really good, uh, you know, human story that gets told um, a lot of emotions. And I genuinely think anyone listening will enjoy it if they just give it a chance. Lyndon? I think yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. I think you guys watched this first and recommended it to me. I was skeptical skeptical. 
and you you sold it uh, first you sold it by saying it's just over an hour i was like yeah i can spare that <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfect and then what how chet sold it as well he said um you get real character development in that time which you don't get in a lot longer films uh, mm. which you really do and it like you said it, it's got quite a dark opening and i was like Ooh, i don't know about this but then by the end of the film you're completely sold and that the only thing I'd add that I don't think you've mentioned, I think, like you said, the animation's beautiful, the character development's amazing, but the music as well is brilliant in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah, and if I can add one thing, it would be that uh, this movie's called My Life as a Zucchini because the main character's name or his nickname is, is Zucchini. And I'll say that if you're skeptical, like all of us kind of were going into it, give it the five-minute test. And if you don't yeah. care about zucchini in the first five minutes like you can move on but i bet that if you give it five minutes you're going to be roped into this story mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're going to care about courgette yeah courgette the french the french word for Cor- courgette corset corvette it's not about vegetables <laughs> so guys why don't we talk what uh, what did you guys give this on a scale from one to ten starting with linda uh for me it's a very strong eight and the animation's beautiful the music's amazing the character arc is great um I maybe just didn't emotionally connect with it as much as I have with other films, such as maybe a Monster Calls or Short Term 12. I didn't emotionally connect with it as much, but still a very high eight. Yeah, for me, I gave it a, a nine. And I, I think I knew immediately it was a nine or a 10. Uh, and I think even as I was watching it first and told Rodney, dude, you you freaking got to watch this thing. It's minimum a, a nine right now. And I think after my second viewing, I felt pretty comfortable kind of settling in it at that nine, mm. which is very high. Yeah, so for me, I guess this is the first time on the show. It was it was a ten, and Rodney's um, first ten. <laughs> and I don't I don't like you that. never yeah, forget I, your first. I don't like that. I knew you were going to take it to a first joke, and I didn't want it. Um, for me, it was like immediately the opening scene just completely captured me. Like it took literally like four minutes for me to completely love the main character and you know want to know what's going to happen to him. I could not picture or say at all anything they could do better. So what did IMDb give it? So the uh, collective rating on IMDb currently is a 7.8. So a very, very high rating. But uh, when it comes to professional opinions. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. I like you a lot. So for Ron Tomato score on this movie, I think it's got to be up there. Maybe we had something higher, but it was a 98%. So of all critics, you, you're dealing with all but 2% of them saying that this is a above average movie, which I think to get that many sad people, sad and upset people on the same page, it's got to be doing something right. And 98%, that's a high, wow. like you could have just said, hey guys, movie of the night, it's a 98% rating, here's where you find it, and then just wrap up the episode. We could, but some people don't always trust the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I think that's fair sometimes. Just like Bright, Bright, if you only are going by that, then I think, you know, you you remove the the ability for people you might align with to give you a recommendation that might be different than what a critic might be looking for. I think it's worth mentioning as well that this, uh, My Life is a Courgette, or Zucchini, lost out on the Oscar to the only other animated film we've done on Down the Hall. Zootopia? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Zootopia lo- won the Oscar. Uh, my life as a courgette uh, lost out. Really? I, I, I almost think that I'm kind of surprised that it would have lost out to. Uh, although I guess I'm I love very Zoot- surprised. I, I love Zootopia too, but I feel like in terms of like critical acclaim, this feels like it would 
skyrocket past Zootopia, no? Yeah. I don't no, know. I agree. I agree. After seeing it, yeah. I remember dismissing the title and not yeah. watching it. There but then after some... seeing it, I'm not sure how it didn't win. There is something uh there is something about a title, I feel like. And I remember <laughs> yeah. when we first talked uh to Oh, for the hey, edge of the edge hey, of seventeen. Hey, yeah, it was gonna be it was gonna be yeah. besties. Besties. I definitely would not have seen it if it was called. Besties. I might have seen it, but I still think it would have well, affected me. We know you would have seen it. Yeah, but I think it, it wouldn't. <laughs> you would have been, been the only one. Yeah. yeah, Lyndon, can you tell us the best and worst reviews? Ninety-eight percent means that there probably wasn't a, a really bad review. But what did they say? So the the worst review we were able to find was from the AV Club, which says. <laughs> Why are, you, why are you giggling at that? Because who's, you know, so like who, who's AV club? Is this like a high school AV club that also is considered like a critical, <laughs> yeah. like, oh yeah, what group of high schoolers? Rodney, they needed the extra credits. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd have to do summer <laughs> detention. Yeah, that's why they wrote it. It's such an angry review. But I'll let you go ahead with the review. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the AV club, wherever they, they may be, uh, say the movie is a pleasure to look at and often genuinely sweet. But it's also akin to scaring the crap out of a little kid for 30 seconds and then smothering over cotton candy for an hour. Skip the first part and you don't need you don't need the second part either. Wait a minute. That so, makes no sense. Wait a minute. So they divide the movie up into two parts and said if you skip the first part, you don't need the second part the either. Second part. So yeah. what do you want them to it's do? Like, <laughs> it's just like it's like skip the part skip the part where Batman's parents are killed and then you just got you don't this need guy the rest. who's like who's got, you know, anger issues for no no real reason. <laughs> or probably a well adjusted rich male. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he actually just ran a really successful company. <laughs> I got and, freelance from our friends at Slant magazine. Yeah. yeah this definitely. feels extremely yeah. slanty. And I will say it's a ninety eight percent ninety eight percent liked or highly rated, and Slant was the third to worst uh review. <laughs> Was it still positive? Was it still? It green? was in the green. Okay. All of them were. Yeah. But there's in the green in the 90s, and mm-hmm. then there's in the green in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Slant was in the 70s. Yeah. And we know how you feel about the 70s. Uh, all I all I know is that you keep acting like you're over them, but you're not even close. Um. <laughs> yeah. They they're like an ex girlfriend to me, and my actual girlfriend recently told me about the movie Life with Ryan Reynolds, and yeah. uh, and she was explain, explaining how how terrible it was, and that I shouldn't watch it. And she said that Slant gave it a really high review. <laughs> She's done her research. She knows. She knows what to say to you. She knows how to push your buttons. Just like Slant. Anyway, uh, best review came from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, and they say, as unexpectedly enchanting as its title is initially perplexing, my life as a zucchini, <clears throat> courgette, is short. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> what's happening he's cracking himself up he, corset. <laughs> i do think corset i i think the only thing worse than corset zucchini is like Les Mis. i'm picturing like a corset that a woman puts on we know what it is <laughs> i i couldn't be sure so my life as a courgette is short but also satisfyingly bittersweet an example of the kind of movie magic that's always hard to mm. find mm-hmm. i do love that especially the first sentence it's kind of what we said it's unexpectedly enchanting as much as the title is initially perplexing. There's nothing about the title. It sounded like you wanted to say unexpectedly enchanting in a nice British accent there. I'm finding myself wanting to say most things now in a nice British (laughs) accent. I'm just not ready for the rejection that will follow. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a lot of rejection. When, when like, now we see each other in the morning and I get, like, a cheerio, it's really, it's really annoying. It's really annoying, Chet. I want you to stop that, please. I beg of you. Speaking of accents, uh, we've done something new here on the show. 
recently. Uh, and by recently, I mean one time. <laughs> and that is, uh, we introduced a new segment where, uh, you know, it would really help the show. And this is honest, honest truth here. It would really help the show uh, as we have big plans for 2018, year two of, of Down the Hall. If uh, you, the listener, actually dropped an iTunes rating, um, what that actually does for us is it, it pushes it up, pushes us up lists, um, on iTunes. We become more visible to more people. Uh, more people can jump in and, and start taking back movie night and enjoy the show and get involved with the down the hall community. And you, the listener, actually have a, a role to play in that in the sense of being able to give a review. A lot of you have, and we're very appreciative. But since you don't want to hear me ask for that, so we can pretend like I didn't just ask for that, we thought it might be fun for uh, Rodney to each week do a, uh, a movie character voice of the week, asking for an iTunes review. And I think Lyndon has one ready for you. I just don't, I, I'm always nervous because I, it's not like I'm like a wealth of accents, but I'll give it a shot. What do we got? So as we've gone for a uh, European film, let's go for a big European action star, and let's do Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that, wow. Rodney. Man, need you to step aside and let Arnold come in and, uh, and and tell us what the listeners can do to help the show. Hi, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> don't say. Don't do Sorry, I, sorry, Arnold. Continue. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, Governor of California. And I would like to ask... <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> just, well, stop, stop flexing while you're doing it and just do it. <laughs> do, don't, you, don't you think the listeners should uh, leave a review for us? I please ask that you give down the whole guys. <laughs> This is the worst idea we've ever had. I, I, I wish I had told Arnold not to drink before coming into the studio. He's a little bit giggly. Arnold, put the whiskey down. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger, former governor of California. If you enjoy the show and think we're fun, please go. I can't do it. I can't do it. Put it down. Well, uh, we tried. We tried. Um you would have thought that would be an easy one. Rodney, you missed it. Arnold was just here, drunk out of his mind, <laughs> trying to tell our listeners to go and uh, give an iTunes review. Oof. Yeah, Crazy, I, right? I don't know. I actually did Crazy. see him come in, I, and I had – I did you miss him? <laughs> He's, uh, he is a big-shouldered man. All right. Um, so as we continue with the episode, we are about to get into our movie to avoid because it's not – just a value to find a movie of the week, but also to know what to uh, not be fooled by. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So our movie to avoid this week is another one that <laughs> Netflix keep peddling. It's peddling, it's my new phrase, I'm going to say a lot. Yeah, peddling. Um, it also is synonymous with drugs in my mind, so it's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, Netflix are uh, promoting this one a lot. Uh, it's uh, Jupiter Ascending from the directors of uh, the Matrix franchise, the Wachowskis. Uh, this is not a good film. It's got a good cast. It's got Channing Tatum. We've got Mila Kunis. got Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne goes full pantomime villain camp, which is fun. But also makes zero sense. I don't know what you just uh, said, but I'm not going to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Sean Bean's in it. I don't think he dies. Oh, well, weird! I didn't think people yeah. from I didn't think that people from England were allowed to not like Sean Bean. I, oh no, I love Sean Bean. He dies, and he's he's a walking spoiler. He dies in everything. He's he in. dies in every movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't th think he dies in this. But I wasn't paying that much attention. Fair enough. And th there's something about the bees and Channing Tatum is a human wolf 
hybrid thing. Mm, that always works. I have to say, this movie, it's terrible. I would have never put on anyway, but I have seen this movie because it was Ooh. on, I watched it over someone's shoulder on an airplane who was like watching it on the row next to me. And like, just inevitably, because I kept looking over and thinking, there's no way anybody could ever process what's happening. I saw <laughs> what felt like people soaring around in like solar flares. That's all I remember seeing. And I couldn't imagine how Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum or people that are relatively reputable were tricked into making this. Like they, someone had to see this and go like, oh, this is going to suck, huh? <laughs> There's no way anybody could have possibly believed this would work out. There's something about uh, the fact that like Lyndon is a very polite British man who like doesn't speak poorly about many things. And if he does, it's kind of roundabout. It's like, you know, this wasn't the best film, but today he's like, this was not a good film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this was so boring. Mm. Speaking of hopefully non-boring films, 2018 seems to be filled with potentially really exciting, really good movies. And I love looking at lists at the beginning of years to see what's coming out that year and just start to get excited about, you know, what I want to prioritize seeing. Uh, now that I have Movie Pass, I feel like I can see most things. But, uh, you know, there's also fun to add things to uh, to the watch list. So the topic for tonight is what are your most anticipated movies of 2018? Do you really love The Lamp or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love Lamp. I love Lamp. Um, so I don't know if, Lyndon, you want to lead us off before we get to the listener uh, answers? Yeah, obviously you said Avengers and there's lots of other big ones. But I'm going, like I said, a bit off the beaten track and... It's from the director of Ex Machina, which was a previous uh, recommendation of ours, Alex Garland. There's a film called Annihilation, starring Natalie Portman. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. Oh, for yeah, this. that looks so good. The, yeah. uh, it's like and a really sci-fi where she um, yeah. has to go into like this like enclosed like space. A, yeah, a biologist that goes to some secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. Uh, and it's got, again, Oscar Isaacs from Ex Machina as well. And uh, yeah, it just looks, the trailer doesn't give anything away. It looks pretty weird, but like a good weird. Yeah, I agree. That one looks awesome. Um, Paul from Virginia uh, says Tomb Raider, uh, which stars Alicia Vikander. And actually, I, I first heard about that movie when we had interviewed uh, Hayden Zito from The Edge of Seventeen, and he was telling us about how he had uh, tried out for that movie. And uh, at the time, we had to kind of keep it, you know, we couldn't talk about it because he wasn't sure if he got the role, and that also it really hadn't been announced yet. So um seeing previews for this movie I, i'm you know i've been excited about it for a while so palm virginia that's a good answer i think yeah i guess for me it's it's a, it was annoying to go through this list of uh anticipated movies because apparently these lists are only made for and by people watching children's movies because they were all superhero movies um but I'll, <laughs> I'll go with tomb raider because i feel like you know that's more of your batman style uh action movie where at least you're not dealing with too many sci-fi elements all right ronnie way not to be original um but uh, i guess i can't i just said it was a good answer for paul it's gonna be a good answer for you too there's a good chance you weren't listening to what i said i, if I were to put i definitely to wasn't you, I, I definitely wasn't you're but just assuming it wasn't original uh tony germanario former guest of the show uh director of bad frank uh he said deadpool 2 and ready player yeah. one Ready Player yep. One is uh, is actually getting a lot of hype already. So if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to get into all of it because it pr- seems pretty complex, but it's an action movie directed by Steven Spielberg. 
uh, that has a lot to it. So that's uh, those are his, his choices. And Seth Goldsmith, the one of the writers for Night Owls, who, again, a former guest of the show, um, he said Isle of Dogs, which is the next Wes Anderson film, and uh, Ocean's 8, and MI6, which, is that Mission Impossible 6? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I missed a few. Well, I, I don't think it matters. They weren't quite there's as a, impossible as they thought, apparently, because here's the sixth one. <laughs> there's something about MI6 s- is the yeah. famous one with Henry Cavill with his tash. What? Yeah, they had to s- really? Henry Cavill's the bad guy, and all he's in it is probably the bad guy, and he's got a big moustache. Oh, that's why they couldn't shave it off for uh, yeah. super- being Superman? For Justice League, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did hear that recently on another podcast, and I remember thinking, like, there's no way that's efficient. Like, the, and that they they said that it's actually really noticeable. That really, you yeah, can in tell the film, it's that, so noticeable. That you can tell. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just lip doesn't really move with the rest of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I feel like, the worst possible solution. Like, how could a fake mustache in today's day and age not be easier to do than... Like, I feel like they Who could knows? just put on a fake mustache in, like, minutes. So he was supposed to be mustache-less Superman but couldn't shave it off contractually speaking because of MI6. And the best thing they could do was really bad CGI to cover it up. Well, what if they did, why wouldn't they have just gone with like a, a mustachioed Superman? That'd be kind of a new take on it. That would be a new take. That would have been great. Yeah. He's a little bit dirtier. He's like a little sleazier than normal, you know? That's what well, I would could... more likely to have joined a barbershop quartet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love the songs from the good old days. Well, guys, uh, I didn't give my answer. Um, we don't care. And I know you don't care. Uh, no, you know what? I Honestly, this is true. I, I genuinely am so excited for Incredibles 2. I, great show. I thought that the first Incredibles, like... I feel like people really like it, but I genuinely think it's outside of Toy Story, like the best Pixar movie. I love Incredibles. No, Incredibles is great. I also love that they're not doing like a 10 years later type of thing. They're just picking up right where the other one left off. I think it's going to be really fun. I think we should mention uh, our friend Tony Germanario has his new film coming out next year as well, hopefully. That's right. The Price of Silence. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet another dark movie from the mind of what seems to be a normal man. The nicest man you'll ever talk to uh, (laughs) who has the craziest concepts for movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, at this point of the episode, we're going to get into what we would call the uh, spoily section, the detail section. where We will discuss our favorite scenes from My Life as a Zucchini. Uh, But we we want you to be able to watch that spoiler free. So we kind of give that that heads up. Uh, But before you jump off the show, if, if that's what you're about to do, we want to bring your attention to the fact that the topic you just heard us discuss and the people who uh, discussed it with us, they found that conversation uh, on our Facebook page. You can find down the hall on Facebook. We also will tweet those discussions out on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, it's a better vehicle, I think, easier for us to manage and see who responded uh, on Facebook. So go and, and find us there and uh, participate in each of these uh, weekly conversations. Also, Rodney, why don't you tell us about our friends down in Jersey? Uh, so uh, you can also find us on Checked Out in Jersey, uh, which we go on at 8 on Thursdays, and we talk about our movie pick of the week, but also it's just turned into a conversation where usually we're trying to stay on point while we deal with burps and farts. Actually, um, you know, they just recently released a, a few episodes, so if you uh, you can catch the show live, but you can also download it as a podcast, and uh, just recently they released uh, a lot of best of episodes. Um and in which uh, one of the best of episodes of, of our spots on there, you can 
you can hear all of the burps and farts I'm talking about if you don't believe that that's actually true. There's a lot of people who probably just generally don't believe what I say, right? <laughs> it's a safe practice. <laughs> I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, guys, here we are in the details section. Uh, it's uh, nice and cozy in the details that, section. Yes. We can be ourselves. We're amongst friends here. It's a safe place. It is, Lyndon, it's it's zero degrees outside. I don't know what that translates to in Celsius, but negative, uh, Celsius. negative, negative thousand degrees, I think, is what it translates <laughs> to. Um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's brutal. But in here in the details section, nice, warm, cozy, safe. We're here amongst friends. So, guys, what is your favorite or, you know, most standout moment of my life as a zucchini? I mean, obviously, there's the opening scene that I avoided talking about when I was describing the movie um, where he accidentally kills his mother, which feels like a pretty heavy sentence if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, um, because that was what Chet said to me. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know that I want to watch that tonight. Um but, you know, it was just kind of a really accidental thing, and he's a really young kid. And so um, there's that that kind of sets the tone for the movie. But to me, I think I already mentioned mine, which was they're on that skiing trip, and they're all kind of mesmerized at the mother taking care of, of her child. And, you know, obviously kind of that longing is is depicted really well. Um, but then that's immediately followed by uh, the kind of the, the dichotomy of them all having fun together. So kind of that question of, like, um, I don't know, it gets you really thinking about just the things that we need as human beings in life. You know, that, that parental love, but then also that, that friendship is, is important as well. Um, so to me, that was what probably stuck with me the most and really kind of still has me thinking a little bit. It was just a, a really interesting take. Uh, I think mine's more of a moment, not necessarily a scene, which um, I think shows the like, bittersweet nature of the film. I think there's one the one of the kids in the foster home called Ahmed and it becomes a bit of a running joke that every time someone drives uh, to the home they beep and he runs out thinking it's his mum and everyone just kind of waits for it and kind of laughs at it a bit but then and it is a bit of a, a running gag and then at one point he runs out and it actually is his mum mm-hmm. and he's too scared to go and actually see her yeah right yeah which I think is a lovely in. moment and yeah. it captures the bittersweet nature of the film right well, you guys had some deep thoughts there. I uh, <clears throat> mine has to do with Willies, uh, as the kids call it <laughs> in the in the movie. Uh, there's there's this hilarious scene. That's what I love is this movie like balances really deep thoughts and deep moments with like they're nine year olds. They have like really funny takes on life and and just you know interesting things that they see and we see as adults watching and they don't quite understand. So there's this great scene when one of the kids asks kind of the oldest the oldest kid who's probably still like only ten. And he asks him kind of about like sex, but in a way where he's like, what about the thing with, you know, guys and girls? And the older kid just says like, oh, I know all about the thing. Yeah. Like first the guy wiggles and the girl wiggles. And then like the guy just says, oh, I'm no, then his willy explodes. And then the guy says, oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And goes to sleep. She, he goes, <laughs> I don't know how much of this I want to say, but she he goes, well, what about the girl? Oh, she just starts agreeing with him. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so later they're uh later they're in the bus mm. and like they're they're two teachers, like the a guy and a girl who are who are like I think engaged. Uh he, they kiss and when they get in the bus to go on this field trip, the like the young kid who had, had that explained to him says like, Mr. So-and-so, is your willy gonna be okay? Yeah. Like I don't want it to explode yeah. and then we can't go on our trip. <laughs> Oh man, I no, kind of love that though. That that <laughs> no, that type sweet, of humor yeah. made the the movie kind of well balanced. I think. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think the thing is that it's 
it deals with a lot of heavy material without bludgeoning you to death with the heavy material, which would be really easy yeah. to do. So it's it manages this delicate balance that I think should be commended. Well, guys, another week, another movie. This one was Rodney's first 10. That's exciting. Uh, I don't know that's more impressive, Rodney's 10s or, uh, or Rotten Tomatoes 98%, but they both apply in this case. Rodney's 10s. Rodney's 10s, okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in, in any case, you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. Like I said, go to Facebook. You can contribute to these conversations. Um, and if you wish to, you can email us, downthehallpodcast at gmail.com. But our favorite way is for you to jump onto our website, scroll down to the bottom, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can recommend what you think would be a good movie night. Uh, for the listeners and as we all help people take back movie night i'm chet here with Lyndon and rodney and we will see you next week these caramels are so good they're so good